freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. I got fire! All right, final hour today, Brock and Salk. It is brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. Uh, we kind of been hitting on a bunch of different stories today between the Seahawks starting their OTAs and then uh, PGA Championship over the weekend. But, of course, Mariners with just another of these frustrating weekends where it's close. like just, just I mean, they're right there. It's a lot of close they're right there, but a lot of not quite good enough. And just every time you think they're on the verge, kind of falling back in the other direction. Shannon Dreyer, our Mariners insider joins us right now. Shannon, I asked you this question last week, but I think it's, it's worth asking again. What is the mood in that clubhouse? You know, it's hard to say. I don't think that we've seen uh, a low that we saw a couple of weeks ago, but there is certainly frustration among the offensive players, you know, individually that they haven't been able to get it going or kind of keep any kind of consistency. I think the pitchers are hanging in there okay. You know, it's hard. A lot of people are like, oh, they must be really upset. They're not getting these wins and whatnot. It's a tough group of pitchers you've got there. And I think the attitude is, hey, we're here when you guys get when you guys are ready that they can carry the load that they have been carrying right now and focusing on what they're doing but um you know you can hear it in scott services comments the, the biggest frustration is just really failing to make the adjustments at the plate it's not like they go into these games without a plan they have plans and you're, you're still seeing kind of the crazy swings they're not giving themselves a chance they strike out more than any other team in baseball they have got right now five of the top 11 strikeout percentages over the last 30 days in the American League are their regular or in their regular lineup. You know, wow. obviously, you're not going to get anything going when you've got that going on. Compare and contrast what your eyes are seeing with Julio versus the numbers that then you dig into to maybe confirm or debate what your eyes are seeing. Well, I think, you know, Brock, early on we talk about he's hitting the ball hard, but when you are striking out at the rate that he is, you got to put the ball in play. So I'm not as concerned about, well, that's great that he's getting the hard hit right rate right now. Um, there's just no consistency with what he is doing at the plate as far as there are times when he looks like, okay, he's got it under control. Saturday, three walks. This is going somewhere, and then you see the bad strikeouts again. You see the three-pitch strikeouts. You see, you know, just the you know not competitive plate appearances up there. And, and there's just far too much strikeout right now in his game. And, you know, obviously he's not the only one. They're all, except for J.P. Crawford, uh, guilty of this. And, 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 you know, Caballero will throw him in there as well. But, it's been tough to watch what he has done and see that you think you're getting to a point where it's going in the right direction. Then you come back and you see the strikeouts again. So I'm really not concerned about the peripheral numbers anymore because that's just not going to matter unless he starts putting the ball in play more. What, what, what can you get? I I don't even really know how to ask about this because it's (laughs) such a hard thing to, to, to judge. Were you just tongue tied with a little bit? I'm trying to figure out how to ask about focus because it's, it's, it's like effort. It's really hard to judge from your television. 
It's really hard for me to say, is this team focused? Because obviously by asking it, it makes it sound as if I don't think that they are. But I think that that's a question that I'm trying to determine. And Shannon, as as boots on the ground and being as close to them as you are, I'll ask you the question. But honestly, I'm really asking. I'm not trying to get a, you know, a yes or no answer. Are they focused? Well, like, I think it's just kind of that mystery of what happens between the dugout and home plate when you make that walk or the batter's circle mm-hmm. and home plate. You see them putting in the work. You see the meetings. You see the adjustments that are made with the approach, even. You know, you, you take a look at the bullpen day that they had on Saturday. You're facing a different reliever all the time. Most relievers have a fastball. Perhaps that's a little bit easier to concentrate on in that situation. Uh, other than when you're going up against pitchers right now who uh, the Mariners are very easy to pitch to, and we see adjustments that starters are making right now. And the Mariners, you know, your analysts and your coaches and the manager all see a lot of these adjustments going, and they have the meetings about them. Yet when you get to the plate, you're not seeing a a game plan uh, carried out. Or if they don't see what they're anticipating to see, you don't see the adjustments. You know, maybe you get to the first time, but you watch and you see, you know, how they're attacking at that point, but you see the same at bat three times. Or you don't see, and one of the biggest frustrations is with two strikes, which they find themselves in quite a bit. Uh, you know, they're not making the adjustment there either. So I, I think that, you know, the work is certainly being put in, but it, it's something is happening when they step to the plate. That A lot of that just seems to be going out of the window and that's allowing for baseball is hard and the pitching that they are facing is very good. I know that the names in Atlanta were not familiar, but Elder has had a terrific season and Schuster is, is their top ranked pitching prospect. So yeah, they're going to have good stuff and it didn't play to the Mariners strength. Both of them dropped their fastball percentages and leaned on their sliders. And uh, if they have a change up, they use that too, because the Mariners just are mystified by the change up right now. So uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a case of, and maybe we learn this on Saturday, they have to simplify a little bit. But you, you can't give the pitcher everything up there, and they seem to be doing that right now. Shannon, when we were having hummus and nachos at Top Golf, <laughs> and I would have said some 40 games into this where I would have been absolutely the most wrong, right? If we all, it would have been kind of fun, by the way, if we would have done a little time capsule that night and been like, okay, here at the quarter pole and the halfway pole and, you know, all the way at the end of it, here's what we think is going to happen. I would have been so, so wrong on thinking that this team could hit lefties. Like to, to me, you bring in Teo and you bring in Pollock, your top free agent moves and a trade move, right? And you bring these guys in and even Julio and Ty France like, and Suarez, like you should hit lefties. And then on top of it, the, the player that's hitting lefties the best was the one that you were trying to platoon out of the lineup in Jared Kelnick. Like how they are, as you said, mystified and, and stimmied by every seemingly every single lefty this season has had their number. How and why? Well, you know, and some of it, I think, is just the array of pitches that you're seeing. And I do think that you're not seeing the fastball as much and even less when you are seeing uh, the lefties. And I think at that point, just everything that you're seeing overall becomes compounded. And it, it does. It also comes down to guys that you brought in that you thought were going to be able to hit lefties. And A.J. Pollock was one of the best left-handed mashers last year in baseball. And he's, you know, not he's hitting better against right-handers this year. 
So, you know, you don't really have what you were depending on. And then again, I just I think that uh, the array and the weaknesses that they have, the lefties stack up against that much better. And it's absolutely hurting them. How hurt is Cal Raleigh? Uh, I think we'll find out a little bit more. I think that um, today, perhaps, it's um, he's we've seen it's one of those situations where we all kind of look at each other when we follow the team and we're like, is he okay? Because he's not hitting as well as you expected he would. And you think maybe the thumb is bothering him a little bit. And that took a little while in spring training to get back. And then all of a sudden you see him in the training room a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you see the tape on the back of his neck and you're like, ah, this is what's going on Mm -hmm. right now. And I think it's been a situation where you can get him right with a lot of time in the time time training room and, and maybe get him out there or maybe not. And so I've, a lot of people frustrated why they can't, why they haven't seen as much as Cal Raleigh. And I think it's truly been a day to day. And there's some days it's something that you can play through and some days that you don't. I don't know exactly how long this has been going on, but I suspect a little while. Um, and I think they're going to get that further checked out now that they're at home. So we should know more. Any news on Andres Munoz? Um, other than what Jerry Depoto gave you last week, he hasn't no. Pitched since and, then, though, right? Well, you didn't expect him to. At that point, he was working his way uh, toward working off of the mound okay. again. So I don't think that you would have seen a rehab start as of yet. Also expected to see a rehab start from Penn Murphy, and we haven't seen that. And the bullpen, as good as they've been, you know, they don't have their pivot guy. They're down a huge leverage arm too. Uh, they could use a little help out there. So that's something that, um, you know, I'm a little concerned about as well. What they're doing right now is they're giving the big injury reports on the first day of each home stand and really kind of in depth. And Justin Hollander is actually doing it. So we're not getting as much injury information as we have in the past or not as easily as we've gotten in the past. So I think today will be a big day on the injury front and we'll get a lot more news about that. Shannon, thank you as always for jumping on with us, especially after a long road trip now, 10 days at home, which will be very nice, I'm sure for all of you. And as always, we really do appreciate uh, your time and jumping on with us. It's go time, Shannon. It's go time. You got 10 yeah. games at home, four against <laughs> Oakland, then Pittsburgh and the Yankees. Like, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Let's just see the team we were meant to see. When And, and I'm starting to hold you accountable, I think, yeah. oh, for well, some of the focus. Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, well. Shannon, I think we well. may get to that point. Okay. Thanks, Bye-bye. Shannon. We'll talk to you later. Okay, you got it. There you go. There's Shannon Dreyer, our Mariners insider, reader at seattlesports.com. Be right back with everything you need to know. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. What do you make of that answer, Brock, from Shannon on the mood of the team? That it's hard to tell. That right now they're they're frustrated, obviously. It's not as bad, she said, as it was a couple of weeks ago. And maybe they are right on the verge of kind of breaking out of this thing. But it just feels like every time we have felt that they've slipped back a little ways and well, I, i'm not I, sure what to make of that yeah i'm not going to speak out of turn because i think benetti wouldn't mind me sharing with us we just ran out of time with him but i you know he had about 15 20 minutes around scott's service in the clubhouse kind of fun right national guy gets to fly in and, and come in get his own feel and he said yeah it was very like positive much like jerry has been with us and scott has been like this thing's going to turn this thing is going to turn eventually home runs might have to come that point that shannon just made over the last 30 days, five of the top six strikeout guys. Five of the top 11, she five, said. Excuse me. Five of the top 11 yeah. over the last 30 days yeah. are Mariners. Untenable when the home runs don't follow with that. So they believe those home runs are going to come. They believe the back of the baseball card. They believe that Teo and Suarez and France and those guys that have hit home runs 
are going to hit them at a at a higher rate and be a decisive. It's factor. also just it's unbelievable. You look outside; it has been beautiful for a week. I mean, like perfect, sunny, yeah. warm summer in May. The Mariners have returned home, and today is gray, drizzly, rainy dreck. How's that even possible? It's going to get better the next couple of days, and by the end of the week, it should be nice. But my God, this team, team just, they, they can't win for trying. It just is unbelievably frustrating. Here's the second thing. I'm not sure I gave you anything you need to know. I should say that uh, they lost over the weekend, as you know. They play again today. Start of a 10-game homestand. Oakland in tonight. Luis Castillo will lead that off. You know what else I heard from Shannon there? Just reading between the lines. Cal Raleigh, probably an MRI. If, if, If his neck's bothering him, he's having these spasms. It's not just getting right. You probably come home. You get an MRI to see what's really going on. I hope that's not bad news. All right. Day one OTAs today for the Seahawks. Full squad will be out there practicing. The rookies are going to say, hey, what happened to the beautiful weather that you had here during rookie camp? What is this all about? Yeah, it's going to be a little cloudy and chilly and everything else out there today. But, uh, I, again, I, Brock, I want to see how the veterans respond. What's Mike yep. Jackson going to do? That's a tough customer, man, who had a really good season last year with nothing expected of him, and then everybody tried to take his job, and he wouldn't give it up. Is he just going to give it up to Devin Witherspoon? I don't think so. You know what I want to see, too? Attendance and roll call, like Bueller. Bueller. That's all you care about now. Bueller. You're just so old school. Bueller. No, nah, I just want to see. Like, are all, you know, is DK and, and Quandre, are all those guys there? they got 10 OTAs, and, and including mandatory minicamp. Right, so mandatory. I'm gonna guess Jamal comes out to mandatory, so he doesn't get fined, whatever it is, a couple hundred thousand dollars. But I, you know, I want to see those guys there and competing. I want to see what Devin Bush and Bobby Wagner look like. Right? Those are just kind of afterthought names. This rookie class and the draft so dominating so much of this conversation. But you know, remember Dre Jones, remember Jaron Reed, remember Bobby Wagner, remember Devin Bush. What do they look like? What's the noise out on that field? What is the comp- competition level? What does Gino look like year two of actually being the man and the contract under his belt? Man, there are storylines galore as the third phase finally gets going. Here's the third thing you need to know. And, of course, it finally happened. A live golfer has won a major championship. Not a surprise that it was Brooks Kepka. He's all the way back. Kepka conquers the PGA. Yeah, pretty darn cool. Uh, and then he spoke afterwards, Brock. I got to play this for you. It's, this is this is how much it, this is how such meaningful a, it was for Brooks Kepka. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I don't know the list of guys, how many guys have won five times, but to to be with those groups of names uh, is absolutely incredible. Something I've, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not even sure if I dreamed of it as a kid. But. So Brooks doesn't know who the names are, but he's really proud of being on that list. Oh, wait, let me remember. The best way to not go broke is by praising New York and New York. I'm going to win this many, but this is the coolest thing, and uh, I'm just happy to do it in front of these New York fans. I love you guys. Uh, I mean... Just, just whatever you do, say nice things about New York. You'll be fine. Third PGA title, man. PGA, those those courses typically play long. They favor the bombers. He mm-hmm. is an absolute bomber, now healthy. He's back at it. But he wasn't, thankfully, really the story. Give me the Michael Block sound. Give me the PGA Pro out of Southern California because in the PGA Tournament, PGA Pros can qualify. He qualifies. He takes 15th. He wins 288 grand, and he was really the captivating story. <laughs> Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, 
I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after the my 46 years of life, that uh, it's not going to get better than this. There's no way. No chance in hell. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this, and thank you. Well, not only did he make 288000 but he also qualifies for next year's PGA Championship. And he was given the last sponsor's exemption exemption for this week's PGA uh, tournament. So how about That's that? Awesome. Pretty cool. Great story. That is everything you need to know. I was asking earlier, is that good or bad for golf? I mean, obviously, it's good for the viewing of it. What does it tell you, though, that a guy that doesn't even play on tour can just come in and finish 15th for a weekend in a major? I think I told you he beat that. 10 major winners. Yeah, I'm, I am going to tee it up today with uh, my daughter's boyfriend for the oh. first time. I think the last time I played was last July, so it could get a little ugly today. Is but I played. Drive you? But I played. Eh, no, he's a D lineman. The ball goes everywhere. I'm worried about houses he might hit. Okay. Um, but the last time I played, I played with a guy that just went into the Baylor Hall of Fame. Okay. Is an All American golfer multiple times over. We start the round. It was down at the, this course called the Broadmoor, and he went birdie, 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 birdie. Wow! And I'm like, why are you not on? The, you were you're in the Baylor Hall of Fame as a collegiate golfer. Why are you not on tour somewhere? And he's like. You don't realize how good like yep. all these guys are. Well, and which is true. And today, Gino Benali, who I was just saying this, he's Joel Damon's caddy. He's great, uh-huh. interesting follow on Twitter, et cetera. He's playing that course today. When I looked last, he's live tweeting it. He's nine over after eight. That right. guy's a plus one. He's better than scratch, which shows you, again, just how crazy ridiculous these guys are. And to do it in their pressure and mm-hmm. TV cameras and, and galleries and everything else. And yet... This tour, this not even tour, this teaching professional just went out and shot one over over four days and bested all but 14 guys on tour. Yeah. So how, how many Michael, Well, how many Michael Blocks are there out there? How many of those guys that are so amazing? They're, they're so good. They really are. Like this guy I golf with, he was so good. Mm-hmm. And yet it is such a fine line to making the tour, being but one of those 100. Was he doing 100- it from the Blacks, Brock? Uh, it wouldn't have really mattered. He was bombing sure the ball like 330 yards. Of course yards. it matters. I mean, it does. Uh, yes. We weren't playing from the blacks. But that's but a big difference. It I mean, is. Like, it that, is. That uh, seventh hole or sixth hole, the par four, was playing 510 yards. Crazy. I mean, like, yeah, okay, you can say this guy's doing really great playing from the whites or the blues right. or whatever. But, like, okay, let's yeah. move back to the blacks. And then let's move back another 20, <laughs> 30 yards behind that so you can get to where they're hitting from. Uh, yeah, that definitely changes the game Didn't you play? Didn't you play with Brady the other day? I did play with Brady on Friday. I and he drove a well. green? He did drive the green on number seven at Druids and Way then uh, lipped out the eagle putt. So. From the tips. I know. Well, yeah, well, both <laughs> quite the tips. Anyway, we'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 7th Down. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, about, uh, let's see, 15 minutes before we do a little ranking to finish up our week, or our day here, rather, excuse me. We're just starting the week. We still got like four days left in this sucker. Feels like it's already over. Feels like I'm ready for Friday. Anybody ready for Friday? This weather just kind of gets me down. What can I tell you? Um, Brock, we, we spent a, lot, a while today in the Mariners. I wanted to spend a few more minutes actually on the Seahawks and, and kind of where they're at today. Heading out to, to their OTA, which is, again, organized team activity. It's not mini camp. It's... It's it's not mandatory, right? But it's an it opportunity. Is, it, it is mini. It is mini camp. It yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's because, mini camp. It, because it, it, there is mandatory mini camp. Activity. 
But there is mandatory mini camp in a few weeks, and that has a little, you're allowed to do a little bit more, right? Not really. Nope. You're still no hitting. Nope. That's no, uh -uh. it's just mandatory. It's just making sure at at that point you can mandate that everybody is there. No, these practices, you won't know the difference between today, Wednesday, the following week, mandatory mini camp. They're all the, you know, these are your 11 on 11. This is your, this is what, you know, this is giving these rookies what's going to be for real here in training camp. Like other than not in pads, it's just helmets. But as I learned at that first rookie minicamp, OTA, 20-something years ago, like, this game still moves so fast. <laughs> and, you know, you saw it even at rookie minicamp, you know, the efficiency of it, the functionality Very, of yep. it. No, it is. These are script. These are scripts. These are our, these are our schemes. This is indoctrinating all of your new people with the way you practice and the way you play. So what are, what I mean, are these, a, how, how are these veterans going to react to having so many rookies getting hyped already? How does Mike Jackson react? I kind of threw that question out earlier in, in need to know, but let's focus on it for a minute. So this guy started a corner last year. Journeyman, right? Found a home, built a job. Every game, right? Didn't he start every game? I, I want to say yes. If not, it was Pretty very close, close to, to every it. game last year. Yes. Right. So, okay. Uh-huh. What does Mike Jackson do today? Like, how do you ha- approach today if you're Mike Jackson? Yeah, you 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 better be exactly who you are. So you don't try to be because some young hotshot number five pick in the draft comes and he's really quick and he's got long arms and he's super physical and he's all of these things, right, that they have heralded him to be. You better not try to be something you're not. And it's it kind of goes back to your Julio thing, you know, earlier in the show when you said, how do you how do you tell a young guy in the midst of struggle to do less to do more? Mm-hmm. But I think for these veteran guys, for like a Mike Jackson in particular, maybe different for D. Eskridge when we get to him, but for Mike Jackson in particular, it is, hey, man, I know who I am and what my strengths are. And I may not be as twitchy. It may not be as fast as this guy. But the things that I do, I better go out and do A++. If, and just, you know, and, and that's not always easy to do. If Like when, uh, you, when you play golf with somebody, yeah. right? When, when you play golf with somebody and, you know, your game is your game. And, you know, you're going to play to to your – and I don't even think – have you ever played a match play mm-hmm. game with somebody, like no. a legit <laughs> – yes. So, but when you do and you get <laughs> – I don't really have any interest so in what? doing so either, to be honest with you. But, yes, move on. <laughs> yes. But if you were playing, let's say, match play with Brady Henderson, right, and you're going up against him, and you know Brady can bomb it, and Brady can do these things. he got a great little wedge game. And you know, like, hey, for me, I got to – I got to hit it 260. I'm at my best if, if I hit a 250, 260 down the middle. I don't try to bomb it. I play to my game. That's, that's I think, what's really critical for a Mike Jackson. Play to your game. Don't try to play so, to these rookies' games. Don't try to impress because he can do these things. That's where you get yourself in trouble. I don't mean to just focus on him, but just quickly, if assuming that it does go, though, as we expect, and Devin Witherspoon is your starting corner opposite Tariq Woolen and, and Kobe Bryant's your nickel, what is Mike Jackson? Like what? What? What is? What? What does he do this well, he's year? Your, he, he's your second string corner. But I bet you today, I bet you as they start OTAs and and all eyes will be out there and the media is allowed to be out there. You know who the starting corners are going to be? Yeah, him and Mike Tariq Jackson Warren. and Tariq Wool. Yeah, absolutely. As it should yeah, be, don't so you think? You got to. 
so, so Devin, you got to come get this and you got to come take it and you're handed nothing. And just because you were handed a significant guaranteed contract does not mean this is your job. Mm-hmm. It is this guy's job. So no, I think you'll see Mike Jackson, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen out there with the ones going up against the ones. And I hope we see Devin. I don't, I don't know with him, as you said, with him and Jackson Smith and Jigba, both with their hamstrings, limiting them in rookie camp two weekends ago. I, I hope for his sake, he can go. And he'll run out there with the twos. And now what will be really interesting is who's your number one slot receiver today, right? They come out in 11 personnel offensively. And if number 11 is healthy, is number 11 your number one slot receiver? I would think so. I mean, again, that's a different situation. Last year, Mike Jackson earned the starting corner job. Correct. I I can't tell you anything that D. Eskridge has earned over the course of his Seahawks career. So, I mean, I don't see how – I mean, I guess if Jackson Smith and Jig was not available, then fine. Maybe he's in that spot. Right. But if not, right. I'll tell you who I'd rather yep. see in there is Derek Young. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like, that guy has done more in a short period of time to endear himself, certainly to me, and I would think to the coaching staff, than D. Eskridge has. Pete called D. Eskridge yep. out this offseason, and we haven't seen him do much of anything in his Seahawks tenure. You know what's amazing about this Seahawks conversation? I'm just kind of chuckling to myself. And if you miss Lewis Riddick last hour, you please download because he's always uber confident and a very strong opinion. But you know what's amazing? This feels a little bit like when I stopped our conversation in spring training. I said, hey, can we talk about Julio, please? Mm. <laughs> like, he's he's the star. Like, I get it. We're talking about Kelnick and the pitching and all these other little things. And right now, it, we're talking Mike Jackson and we're talking rookies and all of this. And isn't it kind of funny that just... <laughs> A, a year ago, how much of it was all like the quarterback and the quarterback and the quarterback. And, and you know, it's almost like Gino is now, a, I'm not going to say a given. He's got to go out there and, and do well, what he did last year. I don't year, know that he would more. be a given, except for the fact that they haven't done anything to make him not a given. I mean, yeah, like, again, bro, a- if, if this draft had gone the way I wanted to and they had drafted Anthony Richardson, we'd be having a very different conversation. But when they've done nothing to bring in any real competition for him, it is a given. Yeah, I mean, it's Drew Locke is going to be the backup. It's going to be his job. But what's not a given is how is he going to play? How is he going to respond? How does he uh, go after year number two? It's crazy to say a sophomore slump for a guy of his age, but he's never been in this spot before. He's never started an entire season, nor have to come back the next year and go prove it. And you want to talk about a a league of adjustments. Mm -hmm. That's all baseball. That's all we ever hear, adjustment, adjustment. The NFL's adjustments. The NFL spends its offseason, and everybody in that NFC West and everybody on that schedule that's going to face the Seahawks spends an offseason digging into everything Geno. In Geno, first half of the season. Geno, second half of the season. Okay, now Geno, a few more weapons. You know, how is he going to grow? I will I will be curious to, to see, you know, the stories, the headlines, the chatter that comes about these OTAs with Gino. Mm. He was the one posting all of his workout videos this offseason, right? <laughs> he was the one that, that had his shirt off and Quandre making fun of him and, and DK to put your shirt back on. He was the one that was like, no, man, I am I am not satisfied. I am not fat and happy. I don't care that I got my money. I got to go out and prove it. So I will be kind of have a watchful ear and a watchful eye on what just kind of some of the narratives are about Gino. And, you know, is he in more command? Is he playing great? You know, last year at these, at this mini camp and OTAs, what was it? You went to him and you were like, dude, can't throw. I mean, the ball's on the ground. It was. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I mean, for both guys, it was better for Gino than it was for Drew Locke. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a rough go last year. Yeah, a lot of checkdowns and a lot of like, uh, I'm not I'm not seeing it. Yep. I'm not seeing it at this phase of the offseason last year between Drew and Gino. It was like, uh oh, and it's why most pundits that were out there watching too were like, oh, like, this is gonna be a bad deal. How much better does it look now? How much more confident is he? How is this offense rolling? I mean, I are they are they the ones? <laughs> are are they the ones Salk out at OTAs and minicamp? Are they the ones barking? Are they the ones like dominating? Are they the ones setting the tone? Or is it Bobby and Devin and Quandre? And do we hear more Tariq? Like, I mean, again, there's a, there, it's a beauty of the NFL. It is just fascinating. <laughs> and it is storyline. Nothing galore. sticks around for very long. No, it doesn't. Uh, just to keep kind of bouncing through some of those veteran guys, Daryl Taylor, Boy Mafe. Yep. You know, Taylor, we've talked a lot about. He's in a contract year. I think we kind of know what he can do and what he can't at this point. We know mm-hmm. he can rush the passer. He doesn't seem to be great in some of the other run-stopping, setting-an-edge types of situations. And if they can use him in the right way this year, great. What's Boy Mafe? Because, I, you know, I was talking to somebody last week who said, who said that uh, they thought the Derek Hall pick was a necessity, kind of disagreeing with me, because Boy Mafe is just maybe not really that guy. Hmm. So, okay, and I'm a little confused about that. How do you know that so quickly with a guy that, by all accounts, was always going to be a bit of a project, but you love the athleticism? Right. And so did something not go well last year in terms of trying to figure out who Boye Mafe is in terms of being a a starter for this team? Yeah, I think the knock on him, and that I think, I know the knock on him coming out was instincts. It was a little bit like that Aaron Curry, to go back to Aaron Curry, mm-hmm. right? Who had just all of these God-given gifts built out of granite. Oh, my gosh, 6'4", 250, run, all of these things. Body beautiful, right? That was Aaron Curry, and and yet the instincts were just never there. It just never, like, come on, man. And it, it's cool now that he's coaching, and, and he's actually not a Seahawk anymore. He, he went and got a, an even better gig coaching somewhere else. So cool for Aaron that's now you know trying to help guys learn and see the game. And I think for Boye, that was, that was the knock last year. Mm-hmm. And is he instinctive enough? Can he process the game enough? So when I hear instincts, I really attach that with processing. Right, the guy's ability. Yeah, how quickly just, can you process what's in front of you? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you start to see some of that at a very young age with with all kids in sports. Right, just some of them on a basketball court or on the baseball diamond mm-hmm. or on a football field. There's just some that process quickly, and you say, "Wow, that that kid's really instinctive." Yeah, it's it's usually because that mechanism is moving fast, and and, and he's seeing it happen, anticipating it, processing it, and that's where boy's got to take a step. You know, so, he's, he's got to grow in that way. So what would be a good year for Boye Mafe? A good year would be probably six plus sacks. You know, that, that's probably a number that you start to look at. Can you can you now rush the passer a little bit and not just stop the run and not just set an edge? You know, can you actually, you know, add some moves? A good year for Daryl Taylor is going to be 11 plus sacks. And then for Derek Hall, you know, finance probably a, a, a footing. And, and I don't know if he can get to between those numbers or not because he's got a little bit more natural pass rush than a boy Mafe did coming out of school. But for those three, that, those would be, I think, some of the some of the markers that you would look for. Mm. But, man, is that going to be intense and competition? Yeah, I want to see those four guys out there. Derek Hall, Boye Mafe, obviously Chenna Nuosu, and Daryl Taylor, sort of four dudes on the edge who have a lot in common with each other, right? I mean, they're all kind of built. Yeah, they all get off the bus. You know what what happens? They all get off the bus. You're like, 
Yeah, this doesn't look like a baseball clubhouse. Right. <laughs> this does. Some big dudes. You know where the buff dudes are at. Uh-huh. Those are like, yeah, those are four pretty chiseled dudes, all at about 250 to 270 that are just, yeah, they 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 head to uh, to the YMCA, and, you know, the place kind of stops because right. they just built a little bit like, different. Oh, jeez, what, what's up with these four guys? Like, all right, well, can they can they do enough and, and start to, you know, funnel things inside and kind of set those edges, get after the quarterback? Mm-hmm. If those four guys are, 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 are at the top of their game, probably going to be a pretty interesting season for the Seahawks defense, and they'll be a lot better than a lot of the predictions make them out to be. All right, let's do some ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Okay. Ranked. Okay, can we do something this way? Yeah. Because Jim, Jimmy Harbaugh right there saying the top five meals I ever had. We talked about this. Can you come up with your top five meals? I'll come up with my top five meals. Maura and Justin come up. So we'll rank. We It'll end up being a ranking. Listen, though? It'll be a ranking. I of want people to listen to the show. I, I feel like getting people to turn off the show sounds kind of like a terrible oh, idea. Yeah. This feels like a good way to humble brag about A bunch of Motley the- Crue, Def Leppard, and Rush all jammed together is <laughs> also, way like better. <laughs> At least you know who those artists now are yeah. now, Maura. We're teaching you something, Maura. Oh, Plus, you forgot Foreigner and Tom Petty. Ranked is very yes. wide-reaching. There's yes. a lot of rap. There's movies. There's a lot of uh-huh. stuff going on. And today it will be very wide-reaching because today is Things Ranked. We're going to do this on Friday. Right. And then Stacy had to tell us more about her top five messy breakups. Yes, Stacy did her epic sports no, breakups. Sports breakups. I know. I'm not, I, I get it. They were great. <laughs> I really I really enjoyed it. Now we can Good rank thing. things. things. You know, like, like Wild Thing. Why uh, why things? Uh, there was something on Friday. On Friday, uh, do the right thing. There you it's go. The, uh, anniversary of that anniversary great movie, by the way. It was premiered that week. Uh-huh. One of many movies that are uh, at least on this list, like do do the right thing, or some honorable mentions. That thing you do, Tom Hanks oh, action, right? And the Oneaters. Uh, that's the Wonders. Huh? You got to see the movie. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. <laughs> Like he Tom doesn't Hanks. watch Tom Hanks movies. I don't like Tom Hanks. He was here, like Tom Hanks. Heather saw him in uh, Speak last week. Thursday night. He was here in Seattle. Really? Oh, That's yeah. Awesome. Talking about his book. I didn't know this. Yeah. Does Heather like Tom Hanks? Not really. Oh. No. She went anyway? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's she doesn't really like Tom Hanks either. That's you got uh, what was filmed here in the Seattle area, 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't care if I never wake up. Sure I do. Why? Well, then, because then I'd have to start taking out girls who actually like me. Like you could find one. Oh, see, that, there. Who needs affection when I have blind hatred? No. Oh, I think that was a lot of, like, North Tacoma. Yeah. I think so, that, um, wasn't it? Stadium High School. Yeah. Yep. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Heath yep. Ledger, yes. Mm. There's the movie The Thing. Sort of a B-horror movie type thing. You got uh, Where the Wild Things Are, the book. Good book. Speaking of books, Things Fall Apart, Chinua Chibe. If you haven't read it, I certainly sincerely recommend it. The movie Swamp Thing. I loved that as a kid. What was that book about? Chinua Chibe, Things Fall Apart, it's about uh, like political systems in Nigeria, but it's awesome. Really, really good. He wrote a couple of really famous books, and that's one of them. Worth your time. You got Thing 1 and Thing 2 from The Cat in the Hat, Brock. Since we're oh, going yeah. through movies and oh, TV yeah. shows, yeah. you like Stranger Things? Stranger Things. I'm not a. I try. It's too scary for me. I like season one, then I kind of got away from it. Too scary. We got a little rush for you, though, Mord. Since I know you wanted some rush, there are two rush 
instrumentals. You've got uh, <laughs> Where's My Thing and then Leave That Thing Alone. off yeah. counterparts and i heard the worst rush karaoke this weekend that Ooh, i ever heard in my life. i got video for you oh good I'll, where I'd, I'd like to take a listen to what town uh, it was in linwood edmonds actually but oh. i don't want to out the place because i like the place <laughs> you don't want to make it just feel a bad, bad night for him how often do you do like that, that karaoke thing? You like that song? How often do I do karaoke? Or is Danny O'Neill, what, how did he pronounce it? Karaoke? Karaoke. Karaoke? I love doing karaoke. <laughs> is it once a month? Probably. I mean, look at me, guys. Once a month? Oh, it's not a, I didn't start liking karaoke until about a year and a half ago. And you sing? Yes. Terribly. Every time. It's, Every time you it's go. It's more of you... a performance, Brock. It's not really singing. He's a look at me guy. He can't help it. He true. walks in That's with his big true. check and his loud clothes Can and you... says, all right, I'm singing. <laughs> Obviously. Rossdale, Bush, Little Things Kill. We got some Aerosmith. No, sorry. Mm, that Let's really see. should be top five. No. What movie? Uh, Armageddon, Armageddon, obviously. You, go. you got Fine Young Cannibals. Good thing. We've got The Police. I was reading the other day that that song, I think, is the number one most played radio song of all time. What? That's believable. Which is yeah, kind of surprising. Triple A stations and classic right. rocks that, that kind of bleeds over. Right. And all the years on pop radio yep. when it was first out. So, yeah, maybe that's the case. Little uh, funk for the professor, John Clayton. We go see and see Music Thanks, Factory, sir. old school. Things that make you go. Things that make you go. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> These seem like a lot of very good songs, not in the top, not top five. Not schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with a moon this on their wings. This is for your wings. girlfriend, Justin. These yep. are a few of my favorite oh. things. Oh, another, another person that's beloved that Salk doesn't like. Julie Andrews? Yeah, yeah no thanks. <laughs> no one in the top five. Metallica not even in the top five. How about that? Q-Tip, Jeez. Mora, not in the top five. Yeah. Vibrant thing. I know. J-Lo, my love don't cost a thing. We even have thingamabobs. You want thingamabobs? I've got 20. I got 20. There you go. All right. (laughs) This top five better be stacked because you're leaving out a lot of good stuff. All right. Well, here you go. Number five. Week 182, Justin. You know what? There's been a lot covers recently that I've been getting sent on Instagram yeah. of people doing Blink-182 songs in the style of country huh. and they're really, they were? really good. I could see that. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, let's see if we can find you one. Uh, Alright, that's number five. Number four. Come on, Brock. I'm not going to call Tone Loke the greatest rapper of all time because obviously he's not. But does Tone Loke have the best voice of any rapper of all time? Probably. 
Or, nah, I like Buster I mean, I think Rhymes. DMX like is up there. DMX I mean, Mora, and... yeah. Mora kind of crushed the DMX. Yeah, Can you give me a little DMX, Mora? <laughs> Stop. Drop. Drop. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes. All right, number three. I just had to put some double files on there. I love STP, and I was reminded of that over the weekend. I apologize. So I like STP. They're all the way up to number three on this oh, list. That feels high. Does that it? That song would be called... Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's sex type thing. Sex type thing. Yes. That feels a little rich. Does it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a debatable. Head of Aerosmith. Is, uh, <laughs> Interestingly, it is the number one song on this top five list. Because number two, Brock... He is deaf to flying things. His name is Franklin Gutierrez. <laughs> there you go. Good Dave for Nino's. you. You love sports. Death to you. flying things. Way to go. Is this what I think number one is, though? Well, I think there is really only one number one you could possibly have on this list. If you're ranking things... The Volkswagen thing. Yes. Number this one. This is not the Volkswagen thing. <laughs> number one thing of all time is thing. From the Adams family. That's his oh, music. Yes. <laughs> He's scurrying around on four fingers with his middle finger like as a head. <laughs> I hated that thing. What? Yeah. No, bro. Yes. He's great. He's no. like, he holds the golf ball up for him. He's mischievous. I love that. I didn't like thing. What? No. You prefer like Cousin it. it? Yeah, I like Lurch and it, it. Cousin It? All right. Well, there you go. Thing, the number one. Uncle Fester. Thing of all time. Fester. That's the best one. I think Thing might be the best character in all the Adams family. Controversial list today. Right. This is. Very con. Very, hey, guess very what? Controversy. Mariners today. facing a lefty oh, with good. an 11 ERA on the road. It's tonight the night it turns. I'll be well, there against Matthew Boyd, your guy. Dude has like 11 ERA. On the road, a 7.7 ERA overall. Yes. Uh, some tonight, other text coming tonight. in. Yes, we did have thing called Love by Queen. We did have another thing common, Judas Priest. Oh. I don't know Seven Things by Miley Cyrus. Sorry. Mm. VW right. thing not being in the top five. We got to run. Uh, Bump and Stacy coming up next. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Jeff passing on the show tomorrow. Until then, the hey. Barn. See everybody. Get to the chopper.